This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinnies on Dubai Eye 103.8. It's Helen Farmer with you on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is Farmer's Kitchen brought to you by Spinnies. Your chance to eat well, live well, shop well, cook well, and my goodness, get some inspiration from the best in the business. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinnies only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Talking food, glorious food with the food diva herself, Samantha Wood, joining us live on Microsoft Teams as we look behind the headlines, talk about the latest um, restaurant openings. And of course, I need to know, Samantha, what's your favourite condiment? Hello. <laughs> uh, I have two, actually. Oh. One is Bernays, which Spinney's used to do years ago, but they don't anymore. So my sister brings it over from Belgium when in the days we used to travel and but otherwise i would go for french mustard oh like a dijon kind of mustard mm. yes a dijon mustard yes for me i love i love it's not very it's not very highbrow you just can't beat heinz ketchup i've put i've, I've put it on a lot yeah. A lot, too much. But also, I just had some sushi for my lunch. I've been trying so, so hard, Samantha, to be a really good girl on the leftovers and bringing my packed lunches. But I needed to treat myself today, so I just had some. And I well, love, yeah. And I just and I love pickles. I love anything like Branston pickle, pickled ginger, okay. gherkins, that kind of thing. Really makes my mouth water. So maybe, maybe a I pickle love for me. Too, as well. Love a gherkin. Yeah. Um, so we've got some great news on the foodie scene over the last uh, last few days, um, including your three chefs dinner. It is on again. Tell us more. Well, actually, not quite. It oh. was on. Oh no! Um, no, I no 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 nothing um, negative there. I um, no, I just finished a series of private three chefs dinners for Neom in Saudi Arabia. Um, they were here during Arabian travel market, so we did um, three. Uh, dinners for them back-to-back, modern Middle Eastern theme at Nineveh with uh, chefs Greg Balouf, Bethany Keddy and Ali Ahmed. But no, I am planning now the next ticketed experience. Excellent. But um, I haven't set the date yet. It's going to be later on this year because I need time to plan it. <laughs> well, please, please, please keep us posted. It's, it's It's been wonderful to see people out and about enjoying restaurants. And, you know, as we heard earlier this week, there's been some new regulations around F&B and dining. So a fab weekend for many diners and restaurateurs as well. Seating limits per table at restaurants. Um, going to be increased to 10 and 6 to seashirt venues. Um, meanwhile, restaurants can resume their brunches. Bars are going to be permitted to reopen, providing all customers and staff had received that COVID-19 vaccine. And please be good girls and boys. We don't want to have our privileges taken away from us. So continue to wear face masks, social distancing. It's a trial period. So let's follow the rules and hopefully it will be continued. Um, new restaurant alert. God, Samantha, I can't remember the last time I went to a new restaurant. I really can't. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Not, You're going to old favourites. I'm going to old favourites, and I'm just not going out a lot, to be honest. But you did inspire right. me recently to go and check out the oyster shack, which is really close oh. to where I live, and it serves up dibber oysters, which you can buy in Spinneys. So that's going to be on my kind of hit list for the next week. Can you explain where it is, what happens there, and most importantly, what to eat? Okay, so it's at Fishing Harbour 2 Complex, which basically is sandwiched between Kite Beach and Doss. Um, and that's one of them. There's, there's a couple of those harbours, but there's actually a, um, a fish market there as well. And it's literally 
overlooks the sea. Um, you And it's not just, the great thing is, um, it's not just um, Dibba Bay oysters that you can get there. Because there are a lot of people that don't enjoy oysters. Let's be realistic about it. I'm, um, or you I'm, might be I'm with one of someone them. that doesn't. <laughs> are, you, are you one of them? Yeah. I, would, I think I've had oysters once in my life and I had them in a restaurant and it was fine but I was like this is an awful lot of money for something that I feel like I should be eating because I'm a grown up um, maybe it's something that I need to train myself a bit like I didn't like fizzy water for a really long time <laughs> maybe I just need do to train myself do you know what myself. you should do try them cooked so my husband's Australian and he was brought they're brought up on oysters but they start them kids off on cooked oysters first um, just to acclimatize to the texture mm-hmm. and then gradually sort of move them on to raw oysters. Um, they're obviously, they're prevalent um, in Australia. I mean, it's um, it's daily food for them there. It's not, um, it's not as rare as it is here. But, you know, the price here is good as well. You can get a dozen um, at this oyster shack. It literally is a shack, Dubai-style shack, obviously, um, for a dozen for 150 dirhams, and they're the number three, so then reasonably sized. Now, they are shuck to order. Now, I've been a couple of times now, and the second time the wait was huge mm. um, because um, they only have a couple of staff there. And if you happen to go at a busy time and they're shucking to order, it can take a while. So either go at non-sort of peak times or uh, just be prepared um, to wait. But you can also get organic smoked salmon, some bruschetta, some local soft cheeses, labneh balls. There's even caviar if you want to really upgrade. I don't think it's necessary because for the, the sort of price increase, you only get a tiny little pot of it. Um, but the good thing is as well, they have an oyster happy hour. So Sunday to Wednesday, 7 to 9 p.m., eight dirhams a shuck. All right. That's a very well-priced shuck. All right, brilliant. So this is the Dibba Bay Oyster Shack. Something a bit different at uh, the Fishing Village. Thank you. Love the sound of that. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Samantha Wood, a.k.a. Foodiva, joining us as we look behind the headlines, the latest foodie news and some new openings too. Heading over to the capital, TVM is Ireland's famous alcohol-free bar and it's announced it's expanding into the UAE. First international outpost set to open up in Abu Dhabi this summer. And I love the sound of this. To be honest, I've been trying to be... uh, a bit sensible on that front, Samantha. But what I've found is I'm drinking uh, just litres and litres of Diet Coke. Apparently not that good for you. So I think it's nice to have this. Um, this is a bit more of a grown-up option, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't, would I go to Abu Dhabi for it? No. Uh, if it comes to Dubai, I love, the, yeah, you know, some kind of mocktails, a bit more grown-up and some food to match. Hopefully reasonable prices um and for those having um some alcohol free options at home the spinnies has got some awesome awesome options um mixers and kind of non-alcoholic distilled spirits in their drink style so well worth investigating that now i love some bunch of teas actually spinnies does really that's that's a nice one because it gives you that fermented flavor as well that um you get from alcohol Okay. Try them. They're they're wonderful. They've got I can't remember the brand that they sell there, but um they're really good. 
I will investigate taste test coming uh, coming up. Now, I, I was just saying I haven't been to anywhere new in the longest time, but your next recommendation might be enough to tempt me out of the house. It comes from Oppa. Uh, what do we need to know? Well, would you think that Greek food fused with Spanish would work, Helen? Mm, yes. Bit of a, okay. a, a bit of a Mediterranean crossover, I suppose. Is this what it's yes, doing? And, yes, and that's what it is. And you obviously have Greek meze and Spanish tapas, so they do offer a similar culinary style. Um, but yes, it does work. I didn't think so when I first heard of it. Um, but the team behind Oppa and Chef Tim are hugely creative, very, very strong concepts. Um, yeah, and he's done it again. So this one's at Club Vista Mare on Palm Jumeirah on the eastern shoreline. So where um, Ibn Albar is. Mm-hmm. But um, it's actually taken the location in what I believe was the Ethiop- an Ethiopian restaurant. So as you walk into Club Vista Mare on the right-hand side. And it's a beachside location. So surprisingly, the weather is still good at the moment. It is. I was out so, last night. I know, and I, isn't I, it? it I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but it's 20th of May. I had book club last night, sat outside in jeans, didn't melt, didn't wow. have a, didn't have a Ross Gosh, from Friends jeans, leather trouser yeah. situation. Yeah. So we're eking out as much as much as possible. And obviously restaurants are doing what they can in terms of outdoor coolers and just being a bit clever with airflow as well. So what is the name of the restaurant? What was your top pick to eat as well? Okay, the restaurant's called Mira. That's spelt M-Y-R-R-A um, by, by Opa. Um, a couple of star dishes. There's um, a gadeifi wrapped feta. So gadeifi is this shredded phyllo that you get in um, in some desserts as well. And uh, the feta has been wrapped in that um, and it's been drizzled with honey. It is to die for. <laughs> and so that's from the starters. And, and then from the mains, I would say... Um, and you can share this one, is the seafood paella fideua. So that's with vermicelli noodles rather than um, than rice. And, uh, yeah, that's real. Lots of strong umami flavors in that one. It's it's beautiful. Um, I mean, every to be honest, every dish that um, I tried. Um, so I went for dinner last week. Matt had already reviewed it for me. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a great spot and really well priced. About two hundred and eighty dirhams per person, food only. And it's called. Am I saying it right? Mira, 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 Mira. I believe. Mira. Yes, I'm just say it like that. It's, it's Mira by Upper. You pronounced you pronounced Upper with a Greek accent. Thank well you done. So much. It's yeah. it's because I'm called Helen, and that's there's there's Greek roots there. <laughs> um, I now from from Greek and Mediterranean to. The most popular takeaway in the UK is a burger. This surprised me. This is according to Deliveroo and Talabat's most orders item of the of uh, 2020. In the UAE, we love to get a takeout burger. I personally don't think burgers travel that well. For me, I'm like pizza all day and night long. But if you're going for a burger, Sam, um, in or out, what are some of your top picks? And let's ask everyone else as well to get in touch. I love a good burger recommendation. 4001, best burger in town. State your case, please. And Samantha, what's yours? Do you know, it's interesting. I'm not a burger person. Um, I actually can't remember. <gasps> actually, that's a lie. I can remember the last time I ate one. And it was the pickle chicken burger at 
time out market. That was exactly the same one as me. I had one at the weekend and it well, was divine. I, I only ate it because I was at time out market. Um, I would never order a burger in. I would order, go for pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and very rarely, I mean, I haven't, I know everyone raves about it, but I haven't tried high joint. What? Um, Samantha, Samantha, yeah. Samantha, yeah, this weekend. This weekend, you're going to go and eat a burger in a car park, okay? You're going to get a high joint. You're going to have the big smoky. I'm not going to say it's going to change your life, but what I will say will change your life are the fries. They have these really thin fries with... the only way I can describe it is, you know, in the bottom of a crisp packet, like, a, like salt and vinegar crisps, and they have the dust in the bottom. I and do and love you, that. yes, yeah. and you lick your finger and you put your finger into the corner of the crisp packet. Yeah. They they cover it in this vinegar dust. My mouth is watering. I don't know if it's legal. I, it shouldn't be. It's that delicious. So go to High Joint this weekend. That's probably my top pick. But I love a Shake Shack burger. Love the potato bun. Um, and yeah, delivering Talibat saying that burgers are ultimate comfort food, most ordered cuisine in the UA last year. Top choices were the spicy McChicken from McDonald's, the Five Guys cheeseburger. I love Five Guys fries as well. They're amazing. And the Shack from Shack yeah, Shack as well. I, I think that was probably, and it's well over a year ago before COVID hit, that was probably the last burger I ate would have been a Five Guys one, apart from the pickle one that I had recently. I yeah. think I'm going to have to get one tonight. I'm meeting the kids for tea after work. I'm like, oh, should I just go, I go and get a burger? Um, now, the chicken was the most ordered meat, and the chicken sando from Pickle was, uh, was, was named as one of the best ones as well. So, yeah, let, let us know. Sana's saying Melt has the best burgers. Fresh meat travels well. They pack it in boxes with a top bun on the side clever if we need heating we warm them with the fries in the air fryer sana i love my air fryer for anyone else who thinks chips don't travel you just bung them in the air fryer and it gives them a whole new lease of life um and in the uk pizza was the top pick then chinese meanwhile vegan food has shot up by nearly three thousand percent in the last five years and what i would say is honestly i've had a number of the vegan burgers, the Beyond, Moving Mountains, the one from Spinney's, at home and out. And I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. So I feel another taste test coming on. Samantha Wood, thank you so much as ever. What's the best way to check out news of future events, check out some of your reviews as well, and follow all of your uh, your latest happenings? My website's foodiva.net with one D or on Instagram at foodiva. Thank you so, so much. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Have you ever dreamt about opening your own restaurant? Is there a dish you make really well and think, do you know what? The world deserves to eat this on a grand scale. Well, you might need a grand scale of budget because what we're talking about this afternoon is the cost of opening a restaurant. Gabrielle Mather joining us, the co-founder and CEO of Restaurant Secrets, Inc. She heads a team of restaurant consultants and business incubators here in the UAE. They've been around for 20 years, serving more than 300 brands. Um, Gabrielle, before we dive in and talk money, I obviously want to know what your favourite condiment is. <laughs> what, what, what would you take to a desert island to make all of that, you know, fish and coconut, you know, just taste a bit more like home. Hi, Helen. Thank you for having me on the show. Pleasure. Uh, would it be a tropical island then? Mm. And a lot of fish around. That would mm. be my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, definitely salt. Yes. You're, um, you're not alone. Some good sea salt. Yes. Okay. So salt, lime. I think that's it. 
That would do good. for me. Totally tropical. Yeah. Now, simple, I, yeah. I, I, we've spoken on the show before about what it takes to succeed. And we're going to be speaking to Ruth Othman just after three o'clock, who is an incredible chef uh-huh. who is actually expanding right now, kind of bucking that trend, actually, as opposed to lots of restaurants closing. So let's dive right in and talk about money. Let's say you have a dream of opening a restaurant in Dubai. How much do you need to have in the bank? Great. That's, uh, I, I'm sure you believe me when I tell you that's the first question we get when people call us for consultations on opening restaurants. And you know what? Uh, every time I try to answer that, there is no straightforward answer. But over the years, we've realized that there is a kind of a standard budget that you can't do without. And that, that relates to your capex, right? What would you need? to do build, um, to do a good design, and to get things rolling out. Uh, we've just recently published an article on this, and um, the three basic kind of restaurants that we get a lot of inquiries on are the, the simple, straightforward, mom-and-pops kind of one unit that someone can open and operate with, let's say, 40, 50 seats, mm. um, good, a good fare with you know focus menu of 20 items. To put something like that up in, let's say, 1,500, 2,000 maximum square feet of space, could take you back um, right up to 2 million dirhams if you want to do it right. And I highly recommend that we do it right (laughs) and have the budget and do it right. Because you see, the reason why things are closing down is because people start with small budgets with a huge dream, but without an awareness that the dream is competing with very big concepts, very very amazing things coming up. Mm -hmm. So I would start right. and, And if that is the dream, and if you've got 2 million dirhams, disposable with you, uh, go ahead and open uh, a full-service restaurant, a small dish one, somewhere nice, um, put in a good interior, put in some good food um, and and a good ambience. If you don't have that kind of money, then I would say settle in for uh, a hole in the wall. And, you know, post-pandemic, we've been seeing a lot of that. We've been seeing people go very basic back to uh, focus menus, um, you know, smaller product lines, but really hard-hitting flavors, great service, nice location, uh, deliveries, um, you know, coming out of the space in different areas. That would that would be easily doable in a million, million, two hundred thousand, if you really want to go with a good marketing budget. And if you don't have, sorry, no, it's I've just got a big smile on my face, just thinking that's so much money. <laughs> So, oh, I, thought, and, I thought you were going to say you and a star one. Oh, listen, <laughs> my dream of the the Helen Farmer Heinz tomato soup and cheese toasty food truck lives on, and one <laughs> and one day it will be realised, Gabrielle. But I will see you then. <laughs> but as you say, you know, you're talking about marketing costs there, and I feel like there are so many things that just because you have a dream and you love eating out and you love good food, you might not necessarily have all of the knowledge to actually make this happen you know what are some of the other considerations you know the questions that you need to ask yourself before you actually venture into the F&B scene and quit your full-time job absolutely and that's another thing that people think that it's the easiest thing to do so for example I cook great food my mom cooks great food so let's go open a restaurant that's the that's the main motivator unfortunately even now so for me it's more of it's a business it's a hardcore business you're 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 getting out of the kitchen now and you're competing with the world you're competing with with, in a market that is used to eating well is used to getting uh, great service is used to getting um, a whole entertainment experience while going out so first of all resilience I I would say that's the, the first thing as an entrepreneur 
any business is challenging. It's not just the food and beverage business. If you don't get that, that this is going to require operations, it's going to require leadership, you're going to have to motivate young people to come and to work on their feet so many hours a day, you're going to have to need a product that competes with what the market is offering, is Instagrammable. You, you have great content. You've got a great, uh, someone that is a whiz at marketing and putting out exactly the, the kind of tone of voice that people want to hear you express your brand in. And if you don't have a great location, if you don't have a website that goes with it. So there's a lot of details. We've left those days behind where we needed in this part of the world um, concepts that, that are just simple, great food, and go eat it and go home and eat it again. No, now it's more of entertainment. It's more of let's go out. We've got so many choices. So I would say if you are planning on doing this, either you do it right and you build in every single pillar of the business, just like any other hardcore business, come up with a great product, have a menu that doesn't just look great but also tastes great, cost right, get the, get the, right, price, uh, get the right price point, get the right service, um, Make sure that you have a plan in place to be a part of your restaurant. I feel that's another area where people feel that I'll get a manager, I'll get a chef, mm -hmm. and they'll run it. No, you need to be on top of your business. You've got to be the first one in, in the line of, you know, the first in line of fire when things go wrong. You've got to be there, um, at least in the first year, being part of watching things as they go along and fixing things as they go along. Gabrielle, you know, where, where I live, um, which is just kind of off Beach Road, we, I often see signs in kind of restaurant windows saying opening soon and we go and closing soon after. Um, and, and I just wondered if you as a, an industry insider can go into a cafe or a restaurant, you know, grab a coffee, have a, have a meal and look around and go, you're not going to be here in three months time. Or, and then conversely go, do you know what, they've, they've got it going on. This, this is going to be, this is a goodie. Yeah, you see, um, we get a lot of those inquiries too where we go and audit people and help them understand what's wrong. Mm -hmm. It would be very presumptive to say that I can sit down there, have a cup of coffee and tell someone what's wrong. I wouldn't do that. I would want to go in deep and understand because sometimes what you're looking at are just symptoms to a deeper problem. It could be waste management. It could just be that they're doing really well. People love the place. It's full and yet it's not making money. So we get a lot of those too. The ones who close down are not necessarily those that are empty. Sometimes, the and you've seen with big closures, we sometimes tell each other, what happened? They used to be busy. I love that place. Why is it closed down? It's because there's a lot of things at the back of a business that people ignore and they just go for the, for the look and feel of it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, yes, there are times when I go in and I can tell you, obviously this is bad service or obviously the food does not taste great. I don't feel satisfied and you won't last very long, but but I would like to go deeper, and that's what we do with our clients. We go deeper. We look at every single pillar, uh, including the financials, their wastage management, because that's a big area where you could be selling a lot, but you could also be losing a lot in your fridges, in your, uh, in your, in your, you know, in your shelves. So there's many different reasons why somebody could fail. It could just be a great product but bad location, or a great location but you're not competing with the right product. It could be great service all around but at this but your but your menu is not hitting the mark or the price point not. there's so many reasons but you're right there are there are uh, many many times when i've actually gone into a place and asked for the owner and left a card and said just give me a call you know just want to just just let's just talk and see because it's a shame if something like this does not work 
I couldn't agree more. And you know, some of the some of my favorite places do have that personal touch. It's someone who has been there from the beginning and built it from the ground up and is there as, you know, the front line taking taking feedback, good and bad. Um and conversely sometimes you do have these vanity projects you think I don't want to know how much you've spent on decor on this place and it is rubbish but you clearly are thinking about where would I want to go you know where do I want my friends to be seen what's going to photograph well and everything else has been completely forgotten Mm. when you have someone come to you and they've got a concept in mind maybe it's specific cuisine do you feel like sometimes you go there are enough chicken places on Beach Road. Or I really feel, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, for yeah. a while it was like, you know, Burger Alley. There are about 14 different places and now it feels like it's chicken. Um, you know, do you feel like you've got your finger on the pulse when it comes to knowing what's missing perhaps from the Dubai dining scene? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, the chicken part itself. Yeah, just yesterday I actually consulted someone who opened, who wants to open up a fried chicken place. Uh, you know, Helen, um, there are certain things that will always work. For example, chicken, burger, pizza. You know, there are certain things we know work in the market, but then there is a saturation point. So to be able to tell someone that, you know, let's come in with a chicken or a burger place, there has to be a why to the what. Why do we need another chicken place? What would be the difference in that? Because chicken is a great staple. People will buy it. It's proven. It's, we've, got, we've got numbers. We've got reports that, that prove that. But when something is oversaturated and you're just dumping more, our market can't handle it anymore. We, mm-hmm. we have a small population. And we've got a restaurant every, in, at every corner. So if you're competing with a burger or a pizza, there has to be a USP. There has to be a brand positioning. There has to be a target market. There has to be the why to, the, the, you know, why are we opening another pizza restaurant or another burger? So, yes, there are areas in the market where people come in and they ask me that, can we do this? And we, we say, you know, let's do some research. Let's find out. Let's do a swap analysis. Let's find out what's really missing. Why don't we bring in something new? Why don't we bring in something that's trending somewhere else and we know our people are well traveled and it would hit all the right spots and sometimes we just say you know what yes let's do another burger but let's do it like this this is what's missing Uh, but again everything requires a lot of research so we do a lot of feasibility studies we look at budgets we look at locations we look at target market and only then we consult a person on what that product should be we've done almost every kind of cuisine we've done almost every kind of product but it, it all comes from a uh, uh, some time spent on a feasibility. I would say make your mistakes on paper rather than go and put your money you know, into those things. Very wise indeed. Gabrielle, I'm going to ask you to get crystal ball out and ask what kind of trends are we seeing um, dining worldwide that we could be seeing coming to Dubai over the coming years? What Any, any specific types of dishes or specific cuisines even? Well, vegan. Vegan is coming in in a big way. We're working on a few um, brands right now where people are realizing that it's something that can go across different uh, target audience um, without going OTT. So vegan in a way that feels real, you know, food that feels real is what I feel is coming back. Um, I also feel that people are going to be healthier now, especially with post-pandemic. We can see that we're getting a bit more conscious about our lives. So, um, again, we want our food to taste great. Dubai is, is a lifestyle city. We want things to look great. We want to look great ourselves. We want to feel great when we go out, and our food needs to match that. I believe that. And if, if anybody does anything, any kind of food, it needs, to, it needs to hit the mark there where if I'm eating something healthy, I need to, I need to look good too. So I think good-looking, healthy food is something we're going towards. Uh, we've done a lot of trends of uh, small bites, and that's 
people love it, you know. In this part of the world, we love the meze tapas kind of a, a table where we can order so many things and share it. So sharing tables is something that uh, is really here to stay. In this part of the world, we're getting a lot of uh, brands that come in and want us to help them with developing uh, international savers, again, in small plates that people can share. I think these are the main trends that I see right now. We've done all our blacks and, you know, the currants, and we, 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 we're a very trend-conscious market, are, as you can and we've see. Got, and we've got a really short attention span, so we do love, yes, we love do. the new yes. places, but there's always got mm. to be a reason to go back. Gabrielle, thank you so much for your insights. I really hope that's given anyone some food for thought who was thinking about a change of career, a side hustle. If they've got the money in the bank, they need your expertise as well. And you can find Gabrielle May there, the co-founder and CEO of Restaurant Secrets, Inc. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Talking food this afternoon and at a time where we have unfortunately seen so many restaurants going under, cafes closing. Speaking to a man who is absolutely bucking that trend by expanding during the pandemic, not just here in the UAE, but internationally as well, with a new outlet in Egypt. And you may have seen him in the new Time Out market there in Sukar Baha. It is, of course, the one and only Reef Othman, the chef owner of Reef's Japanese Kushiaki. So first of all, I just want to say I'm very glad I've had my lunch because you <coughs> always, always make me hungry whenever we chat. Um, Reef, for anyone who hasn't been to any of your outlets, and as I said, that could be a Darwassel, it could be at Time Out Market. How do you describe your food and what's on the menu? Um, well, I guess in, uh, in Darwassel, as you can see, you know, uh, this is where it started. This is my baby. And we got a full-on from, uh, from the small starters. We have some salads, we have a little bit of the tempura and some maki and sushi roll. Of course, last but not least, uh, my clay pot ramen and also the sandals. Whereas for um, Time Out Market, uh, we are very uh, focused on ramen and just a bit few here and there of maki and kushiyaki and the skewers and uh, just sandos that's it uh but yeah tell us about the sandos because that that's what tends to get my tummy rumbling you've had uh chicken and beautiful wagyu as well how do you prepare them and what do you think is that kind of secret sauce that makes them so delicious yeah well i guess a um there's so many versions of my wagyu sando um, what is that? The one in Tamak Market, we braise a braise, uh, a wagyu brisket, uh, slow cook, uh, for three hours. I mean, sorry, for, yeah, three hours on a very low temperature. And after that, a, uh, we cut into a portion and we panko with our bread caramel flour, big fry. And then the good thing or different about this sando is a, the, the toast, I'll put a, uh, um, just an omelette on it. Mm-hmm. and chipotle mayo and a little bit of a uh, teriyaki mayo as well and bang on oh. so what as as you mentioned there darwassel is your your baby the first place with with your name above the door after you've worked with some yeah. really big brands and um and uh, concepts here in the uae both yeah. as a chef and also developing the concepts it's a small space and i do feel like that is so key right now i think that's that point of difference me speaking personally Going to the, you know, going to these enormous places, it's quite impressive in, in, in its time. But what I love about yours is the atmosphere. It feels buzzy. And I feel like that's what we've been missing for so long, you know, during the pandemic when people were really staying at home and, and eating at home more than ever. To be able to go back 
and do some people watching, see see what's arriving at you know your next door neighbor's table, and be like, "Ooh, what's that? Mm-hmm. I'll get that." Yeah, is that is that the plan for for moving forward as well? Just staying small, or are you gonna get bigger? Uh, what is that? A, um, I, I wouldn't say I want to go get bigger. I think the max if I were to go on the next venue with license in the near future. I'll go to the max of 80 packs and that's it. You know, I won't go any bigger, more than 100 covers or 200 covers. Uh, and I see myself in near future having a small restaurant. There'll be more longevity uh, down the years. Uh, and nevertheless, I'm sure uh, down the road as well, the world will open up again uh, with this uh, COVID virus that we are we're dealing with. Uh, and it's going to take years down the road, you know, to recover. So I think I think this is the best time for 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 myself, a small entrepreneur trying to grow big, and you know we start small and we grow from there, and we see how it goes down the line. You see, but for me, for now, uh, small better, small investment, less risk, and you know that you know uh, you can keep going. You know, rather than you have a big space, mm-hmm. and and uh, what is you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? So if that should you know if there'll be another lockdown in the near future, then I'm screwed. So uh, what is that? I want to play safe and I want to make sure that I retain my staff. My staff is very important for me uh, and, and in India, like my family. So and I don't want to just like, you know, guys, sorry, got to close down. No more income, you know. So I need to make sure that I have, have, a, I have a future for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their future is secure. That's my main priority. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think that's. Yeah. I think it's really sensible. It's not. It's not necessarily playing safe. It's playing sensible. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, understanding yeah. The, the, the workings of the market. But you are expanding. Yeah. As I said, you're um you've you've gone international now, um and yeah. now looking at Egypt and Saudi. Tell us about Egypt because actually you're even offering diners the chance to go and eat there themselves. What's that all about? Uh, well, I guess I, um, I'm working up with um, a group, Bakia Hospitality, that I've been working with them for the past three years, doing the consultant for their own restaurant while I'm still in Dubai. So uh, for the past three years, I've been, um, what is that, uh, tidy up uh, their menus, their restaurant, their concept, be it from, uh, from the uh, north coast of Egypt to the central to the new Cairo. And I see the trend has changed. So, and, and uh, what is that? Uh, the owner, Ayman, just called me out, Reef, listen, you know, I need you to bring Reef here. And, you know, and I was looking and I'm just digesting it. And I think, yeah, why not? I mean, it's time for me to go in because I know the market. I know the, the sources. I know the ingredients that I think we can do something about it. Uh, whereas, uh, what is that? And this is my first venture out from Dubai and, and just to see, you know, how far we can go from it. And uh, nevertheless, a, uh, uh, there's a missing uh, a good mid-tier of uh, good Japanese um, there in Cairo and in Egypt. So why not take the opportunity, right? Exciting, there you go. exciting. So yes, yes. the first franchise reefs Japanese kushiyaki is now their financial district of Cairo. You're actually running a competition now to people to win flights and a hotel stay in Egypt for the July opening. So people need to come along, post their bill. You're going to be picking a winner on Instagram Live. So love, 100%. love the sound of it. Um, tell us about the experience. And I feel like this is something that um, we want to be having more and more of is that up close and personal chef experience chance to try a food but in an kind of an intimate setting where did the idea come from and what's it all about um was that a if uh, some of my um, customer knows me back back years uh we started uh, the experience by Man in h hotel just above play restaurant uh, that's where it started uh in 2015 or 16 uh and and uh, yeah sorry 2016 
Uh, and and now um, here I am, you know, uh, in, in uh, with uh, Japanese kushiaki, uh, very small, intimate, and you know I miss this a little bit of interact with my customer. And I say, you know what, you know, let's let's do it again. And and this time around, they're sitting on the bar counter where they can see the kitchen, they can see the chef working around. It's a very tiny kitchen, and 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 yeah, it's a bit fun, you know. And I want to do things that are out of the box, like you know what I like to use to do, uh, because the uh, the current reef menu is very simple, straightforward. Yummy, comfy, and and now the experience is all about experience as well. You know, I mean, you never know what you're gonna get. There's no menu. Oh, so you've got yeah. So it's all it's kind of up to you. Like let the chef choose and and choose and cook. Bit like a bit like a kind of tasting menu, but a bit more whimsical. Yeah, you just sit back and relax, and you know, you tell me, okay, oh chef, I'm allergic to seafood. I'm allergic to this. Then I can work around it. You know what I mean? And and then yeah, just like pump, pump, pump. You know. The dishes are in, right in your eyes. <laughs> Love it. I love the sound of it. So yeah. people need to be booking ahead for this is the experience at, um, at Reef Offman. So um, tell us then, you've got Time Out Market, which is this mini licensed version, which you kind of is, set, is really focusing on ramen. Um, and yeah. it sounds like there's going to be another next month in Darwassel as well. You're taking over. This is like, it's like the Reef's playing Monopoly which I love. <laughs> what's what's yeah. what, what's the second outlet all about, and what's that point of difference? Well, I guess uh, um, uh, we're going to extend the reef uh, um, in Darwassel. What is that? We're going to offer um, all the cakes that we have in the oh. that we used to. Uh, we're going to focus a bit more on desserts, cakes, and nevertheless, we're going to do a very unique breakfast. There's a market for Japanese breakfast, which nobody does it, and everybody does uh, expanding uh, avocado and toast, da da da. So I have my own take of doing it. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Meeting the chef this afternoon with chef owner Reith Othman. He's recently expanding internationally and here in the UAE. Finding out what makes his secret sauce a little bit different. But he's planning a Japanese breakfast in his new eatery. I've got no idea what a Japanese breakfast is. Chef Reith, tell us more. It's like a bento box, but it's not a bento box, mm-hmm. right? We're going to serve it in the tray with like a, maybe like with of the uh, out of the box, maybe a udon uh, with a little bit of a um, slow cooked egg, and then we serve a little bit of toast on the side, with fruits on the side, and you know a bit of salad. This is how they eat in Japan. Apart from the udon with a very light broth, they also serve like a nice simple steamed rice, a grill, uh, a salmon fish, a little bit of salad as well, and again a bit of a miso soup on the side. So you know. It's like, you know, you have everything in fact. Maybe it's a bit too heavy having a breakfast for, for, for rice. And that's where we're coming into like uh, doing, uh, what was it, eggs benedict. But in, in my way and my take of, you know, interpreted of unconventional Japanese uh, food, you know. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. You guys check it out. Yeah, for sure. Listen, you're in my neighborhood. Yeah. I, would, I would be there anyway. Yeah. Um, Reef, yeah, anyone who's, who's listening and thinks that they have got a, a great idea, I mean, you're identifying a gap in the market, a point of difference. Maybe someone's out there going, well, no one's doing, a, you know, a Scandinavian breakfast or no one is, do, you know, whatever their home cuisine is. What advice yeah. would you give to someone who's got an idea, who thinks that there could be an opportunity for opening up um, a cafe, a concept, a restaurant here in Dubai? What are some of the, I don't want to say tips and tricks, but maybe some of the the hidden pitfalls? Well, I guess a, uh, um, I have to be honest, you know, what is that? A, uh, it depends on... on on who are you catering to, uh, what kind of cuisine are you looking into, uh, because, as you know, um, uh, uh, Dubai is a different market. 
they are adventurous, but they are not at the same point. Uh, if you go something crazy with the breakfast or ideas that you have in your mind, sometimes it might work and sometimes it might not. So I think it's the best that you set as as a stone. For example, eggs Benedict. You know, you got your poached egg, you got your muffin, you got your um, egg sauce or beer sauce. You can always tweak the ingredient into your own culture. You know, like for me now in Japanese, you know, the egg sabayon or what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave it a touch of a, a Japanese a, a sauces in it. Uh, instead of I poach uh, the egg, maybe I sous vide the egg. And the ingredients, maybe instead of me doing baby spinach, I'll do with seaweed, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, just, you no, know, and you still have the essence of expanding, but, but in my way, you know, and you don't want to go anything crazy beyond that. Uh, because people were like, no, uh, this is not expanding. Uh, this is not this, this is not, not that. So it's pretty tricky, but best that you just go from the basic and give a little bit of tweak of your own touch. I think that's about it, you know. There have been some uh, some funny articles going around the internet this week, uh, one on BuzzFeed in particular, and it's chefs and people who work in the industry, which are kind of red flags when uh, when they see certain things in restaurants, which I thought was, was quite, I'm sure you'll have seen a version of it over the years. And one of them is having a massive menu pages and pages and pages um, yeah, and about it. yeah. Yes. whereas you know you're you know you're kind of super concise and I love the idea of just doing something that you that you do well and and kind of really mastering it and being known for yeah. something does that make sense yeah. rather than trying to be all things to all people people know yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of the other ones. Uh, I think carpets was one, <laughs> which, which I which I kind of get. Um, yes. One page menu a good sign. Uh, if it's got a huge menu, it's probably frozen. Um, there you go. Ask Microwave. Where, yeah, ask where your oysters come from. If they don't know, you don't want them. Same for seafood. Uh, yeah, which I think seems. I think I feel like as diners, we're probably. A lot more interested in where our food is is coming from. We've seen changes in the uh, rules and regulations over the last few days as well regarding seating um, and uh, layouts in restaurants as well. Has this had an impact on you? And are there any changes you'd like to see over the coming months, even? What is that? I have to be honest. It's have a big impact because, as you can see, you know my place is very tiny. Uh, but I'm very blessed that the summer is still pretty good, so we still can have people sitting outside um, on the on the current thing. Now uh, it's getting hotter, and it's going to be a bit more east a little bit now with two meters. Uh, still not that great, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward for the next coming months. Uh, what is that? Um, things will be much more open up in different way, and that's where I'm extending my new unit that will help me a little bit during the summer, whereas you know for the sitting wise, respectively. And, and I think down the road, I think for sure, uh, things will get better. I hope yeah. so too. Thank you so yeah. much for your time today. As I said, it's really wonderful to Thank hear you. some positive stories Thank coming you. out of the pandemic, to hear you know, in a week where we're seeing Maine open up in London, London, to hear you talking about expansion regionally. It's brilliant that we're having these homegrown names going out rather than the big names coming in. It's, uh, it's a yes, really great 100%. sign that Dubai is the foodie destination that we, that we know and love. We just want the rest of the world to know about it too. Ruth Hoffman, thank you so, so much. I'm going to let you, 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 you're, you're out of your kitchen, you're sitting in your car, it's the only place you can get some peace and quiet. <laughs> Believe me, I, I, I fully understand, but I'll let you get back into the kitchen because I'm sure you're itching too. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much I really appreciate it. Have a good day. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. If food waste 
was a country. It would be the third largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Yet a third of all food grown in the world is thrown out. So if you loaded, imagine this, if you loaded that and wanted food into trucks, they'd wrap bumper to bumper around the world seven times. It's pretty... Pretty sickening, to be honest. And when food is thrown away, it's not just the produce that goes to waste. It's all the water. It's the energy that goes into growing and storing, transporting it. And the annual total of 66 trillion gallons of water goes towards growing food that we just don't eat, that would be saved if we grew what we needed. We bought what we needed. We cooked what we eat and we didn't throw it out. According to the Drawdown Project, fighting food waste is the number one solution to reversing the climate crisis and stopping the planet from getting two degrees warmer. If that doesn't sum up the importance of food waste, well, I don't know what does. But we are here to help. It's not all doom and gloom. Joining me on the line now is the GM of Old El Paso, Ali Sheikh, who, I've got to be honest, Ali, I can see you on Microsoft Teams and I was kind of hoping you'd be wearing a sombrero. You've got a very festive backdrop. How are you? I'm good, Helen. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very hungry, to be honest, after all this food chat. So before we get to the serious matter of food waste... What would your favourite condiment be? What would you take to Desert Island to make everything taste good? Um, some green chutney and Tabasco. Oh, g- green chutney. Mm-mm. Right. I think I'm going to get even more hungry as the course of the show goes on. But food waste is something that is in the news for very, very good reason. And we all have something of a personal responsibility to do something about that. But also companies such as your own have a responsibility too. Um, what do we know about food waste stats here in the UAE, Ali? Yeah. So thanks, Alan, for the opportunity. Um, In the UAE, we are blessed and privileged to be living in an environment where a lot of basic food commodities are actually subsidized by the government. So the prices of many basic things such as bread, flour, sugar, oil, you will actually find them lower than the neighboring countries even. uh, Thanks to the kind of uh, uh, governance that we have in these countries. So which has resulted in a big mountain of food waste, I believe. Um, around 95 kgs per person per annum is wasted every year in the UAE. And even if I look at the regional stats, whether for Saudi Arabia, for Oman, for Qatar, for Bahrain, they are not very far off from this number. So roughly every person wastes around 100 kgs of food every year in the UAE. It is a shocking it's a, it's a shocking amount, but it's not that surprising. You know, I think about us as a family of four and, you know, certainly over the course of the last year, eating at home more than ever before. And becoming really aware of what we're throwing out and, you know, totally honest, probably not doing what we could be to reduce that. I'm and I'm bunny on about food planning. I'm really rubbish at it. I'm rubbish at it because sometimes I fancy eating this and the result is I don't spend efficiently and then we end up having food that doesn't go together and then having to go to the shops again and you know I I know what I should be doing (laughs) Um, so maybe you can help out this afternoon as well and what is your no food waste initiative all about? So um, just to quickly tell you we uh, when we cook at home and the kind of lives we are living where there is so much food accessibility for us Mm -hmm. whether it's in terms of delivery or having cooked food at home. How many times when uh, we have cooked food at home and there is somebody who wants a different uh, cuisine or I wanted to try out the next best restaurant and we have a click away and some something comes from the outside. So what we discovered is we have a lot of food wastage over here happening, not from the farm to the shops, but actually from the fridge to the table. 
and we discovered that old el paso is a big global leader in in mexican foods and we have recently launched it in the middle east um we discovered that we know how to uh, how to utilize food in this region but somehow there seems to be a belief that everything is good only while it's fresh so there is a big myth around shelf life of food which is cooked at home with great ingredients and is actually left over in the fridge many times it's not even given to somebody else because from places like the subcontinent there are always a few extra mouths to feed thereby in the middle east it's not the case so a lot of this food actually end, ends up in the trash bin so old el paso partnered with the uae food bank and we said that hey how can we encourage it this ramadan uh, when people are not going to be having the usual buffets that they have in pre covid times um which means that people are going to be preparing a lot of food at home and it's going to result in a lot of food wastage naturally so we thought that old el paso can step in and actually champion the cause of really upcycling the food that we have left in the fridge this is great food made by usually the head of the family the mother and and she has picked up the best of the best ingredients so it's not fair to be thrown away in in a garbage can just because it's a day old or two days old uh in came old el paso and old el paso is a global leader in mexican food which has all kinds of wraps and fajitas and burritos and and tacos and what not so we thought um, we can champion the cause and actually market it to consumers that if they use something left over in their wrap and we simply called it a wrap it up campaign <laughs> we are going to donate food on their behalf to the uae food bank some 20000 meals wow that's that is a huge number of meals i think you've come into my life at exactly the right time because during the month of may i am um, apart from today where I, i ordered food for the first time in the month um i i'm having leftovers for lunch and uh, full disclosure not for the planet I'm doing it for my purse more than anything else trying to save a few dirhams this month so what are some of the ideas that you guys have come up with for transporting our dinners from the night before to our perhaps lunches to the next day without having to eat the same thing again because that often feels a bit sad yeah so we basically um, the, the campaign wrap it up was all around using your leftover protein which can be a chicken or a mutton beef or a seafood that you have left over from the day before uh, you can simply wrap it up in a, a old el paso wrap add on your favorite sauce some of the sauces that you were mentioning uh, from uh, from the tahinas to the chutneys from the hummus to the jalapenos to the to whatever that you have left over and you can make your unique combinations people went out of the way and actually promoted stuff as radical as a biryani wrap Mm-hmm. or uh, a nehari fajita or as 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 weird as shrimp tortillas which are left over from the day before because people understood what we were trying to do what the essence of the entire thing is helen if you remember till 2 2 years ago in pre covid times there used to be a big ramadan fridge campaign that used to happen oh, in the middle east it was amazing the- i really really missed it this year and i know a lot of people did um both having the opportunity to give to be able to do some good and and it to feel like an accessible way of doing good but i know an awful lot of people really missed the opportunity to eat and to feel part of a community and be looked after by people to be honest and as you say this year and last year it just for safety reasons just wasn't possible yeah well, the reason why i loved it and and really encouraged my daughters to participate in it is because that was probably the only time of the year 
people who are living in this part of the world actually felt the need to be grat- grateful of what we have in our in front of us for the first time we were doing something for the people who are less privileged and that's truly the essence of ramadan it's all about sharing and empathy it's really nothing else uh, if you come to think of it so combining with the yumminess of a brand and it's a big bold move from our part because launching a new brand and talking about food wastage really doesn't gel in together very well this is a differential international cuisine for this region so standing up for it is a risky business for us but we know that our consumers are literate enough and they are understanding enough that the the world that we are living in requires us to change our habits and that's why we encourage people to make all those wraps with all those yummy ingredients they themselves have made and i think let's be honest there's there's no shame in a good in a goodie bag i didn't mean, i meant to say doggy bag but it's also a goodie bag when you go out for dinner please take it home please um there's always going to be someone who's going to be grateful for that and it could well be you the next day and thank you usman for getting in touch saying along with food wastage we need to be talking about plastic as well plastic wastage is destroying our planet too especially marine life and we are seeing some really clever alternatives to this as well so any companies out there who are doing something a little bit different around their packaging get in touch with us we'd love to share your stories share your inspiration and ali thank you so so much to you for uh, making us think about leftovers in a little bit of a different way have a wonderful weekend ahead and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you very very soon love the idea of the campaign and it's not just about ramadan it's all about making sure we're not wasting food the year round ali shake that the gm of ode el paso you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies only on dubai i 103.8 we are talking sme success stories spinnies incubator program has paved the way for some amazing companies and passionate individuals to be recognized by the dubai market and the first hand witness to that is none other than tom harvey joining us on the line now general manager commercial at spinnies tom before we start speaking about smes let's talk hp uh and tommy k's what's your favorite condiment sir Oh, mine has got to be Dijon mustard. Uh, can't live without it. May putting it into the salad dressings or just slathered on a nice fat ribeye steak. Can't survive without it. <laughs> I'm so hungry. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm really, really excited to be talking about this this afternoon. I have to say one of my highlights on Farmer's Kitchen over the last few weeks has been meeting the people that have gone from literally sitting down at their kitchen table with scrap paper and a friend and starting a business to then finding their products on the shelves of Spinney's, which is must just be the most incredible journey. The first round of yeah. the incubator program was a massive success. Um, but for those who aren't familiar, um, tell us all about it. Where did the idea come from and, and what's the process been like over the last couple of years? So the the idea came, um, we were obviously quite busy last year dealing with um, a fair bit of panic buying, people stocking up on um, all manner of things, especially uh, loo roll. Um, and in the middle of that, we thought, well, maybe maybe there's some other things that we can be doing. We were, we were really conscious that there would be a few people um, that we all know, um, or many people will know people who lost their jobs last year. Um, and I'd had experience of people who were sort of thinking, look, I've just got this burning idea. I've got this amazing products I want to I want to do um, create some stunning food I don't know how to do it and we thought well there are going to be people out there who have lost their jobs are suddenly in a position where maybe this is the moment they're thinking um, right let's go let's have a try um, so we wanted to make it something that was possible to give people a, a chance of a, a new a different future um, by bringing those products and we thought look it's going to be 
something that is so relevant to so you know so innovative when our lives were changing so so rapidly um so we came up with the idea and said right let's let's make a way for um anybody in the uae who wants to create a product um to uh, to get it onto the shelves of spinners let's give them a chance um to have a a safe environment to play in to uh, to learn how to build a brand uh, to, to 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 manufacture products and sell them um and we'll we'll give them a year's worth of easy access and lots of help and coaching along the way um, and hopefully make sure we've got some fabulous products that we can um, delight our customers with. The response was huge. The reaction from customers has been incredible to see big international brands, as you say, alongside products that might have been created by someone that we know or someone that they know knows a friend of ours. And we have been chatting to some of those SME owners from the first round. A lot of them, as you say, were conceived during lockdown, little lockdown business babies. Um, one of those people is Jason Lewis, the founder of the NY Food Co. Frozen Artisanal Pizzas. He missed New York and Toronto pizza so much that he made it at home and wanted to turn it into a business. But he had one big question. Well, who do I even talk to? So, you know, you start doing research about how do I get in touch with these uh, these grocery stores and who to speak to. And there's this idea that it's going to be expensive and, um, uh, you know, uh, maybe I need a lot of money to get into stores and those types of things. So when the incubator came along, I said, look, I can't not enter this and, and take a crack at it. So, you know, once I was accepted, yeah, the you start to realize that there's this whole world that, that I have no experience in and don't understand. <laughs> but uh, that's part of my journey of being an entrepreneur is just like, let's dive in and let, let's learn this. So you have an SME. It all begins with that idea. Here's Nisha. She's one half of Naksha. It's an idea that needed a push and Spinney's was there to give it that push. They started during lockdown cooking exotic meals, basically traveling through their kitchen when they couldn't get on a plane and started sending recipe kits to their friends. And then they hear about the Spinney's incubator program right here on Dubai Eye. With the extra extra ingredients we had, we were sending little packages to our friends to allow them to make meals at home. People absolutely loved it and they were asking for more specific things. So that's when we heard the incubator program and um, we said, OK, you know what, let's pitch it. And we pitched and the rest is history. Uh, so what does that process involve? Sarah's here from Kimry Dates describing it without giving all away. I think it was a week later I got contacted and, uh, and they asked me to come in for an interview. And uh, I went in and uh, presented the product to, to a group of, uh, I think it was around eight people. And I felt Ooh. like the, the spotlight was on me at that point in time. But I was like, I'm going to make this work. I really want to give it my best shot. I want to tell them all about it because I am passionate about it and, and I've put all my work into it. So I think mm. that reflected in the meeting as well. And uh, and they really loved the project. And um, and I walked out of there. I was really happy. By the way, Kim Redates, if you haven't tried them yet, uh, you need to. There's a raspberry one that I'm, I'm basically, I'm like drawn to it like a magnet. Tom, tell us about that. Is it like a shark tank situation? It sounds quite intimidating. Well, we tried We tried not to make it too intimidating. I mean, yes, it is a little bit like your shark tank or your dragon's den. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a panel of six of us um, from, from all different parts of the business. So me on commercial, uh, marketing, finance, supply chain, and, 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 and technical. Um, and we just want to find out about the, about, the, about the product, about the idea, about the person behind the idea, um, so that we can, we can you know, make the judgment call. Is this something that we think is going to 
um, fit with what our customers want? Um, is it something that we think we can we can really help to, uh, to 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 develop it into a into a brand that's hopefully in years to come will have major success here and in other countries as well. And what has been really interesting about, as you say, the people behind the business, a lot of them came from kind of basically trying to solve a problem in some way, something that's in their life or recognising there was a gap. And then when you're on board, you need to prepare to work and learn from the experts. Here's Rehab of Lil Tots. Dubai is the right place to do things differently, to disrupt the status quo with improved choices. And what Spinis has given us this great opportunity to showcase our product for the first time ever in a fridge section. This is this is really disruptive, you know. Mm-hmm. We are selling direct to consumers, so now we are working with a business. So it's, it's a real uh, different, you know, uh, game here. And for some of these people who were involved in that first round, Tom, it's been absolutely life-changing. This has gone from being an idea, a dream, maybe a side hustle to being their full-time jobs. They're now working in the food industry and, and you know, getting income for it through selling on the yeah. shelves of Spinney's. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Speaking of winners, the people that came through that first round of the Spinney's Incubator Programme are now on shelves in Spinney's stores, which I think must be absolutely mind-blowing. From going from having an idea to... Seeing people pick up your product and put it in the basket must just be absolutely amazing. To tell us more about the programme, and perhaps you could get involved, we have got Tom Harvey joining us. He's the General Manager of Commercial at Spinney's. And I really have enjoyed meeting everyone that's been involved in it and looking forward to hearing from some more. Um, So, Tom, is there going to be another round? She said with hope in her voice and maybe some fingers crossed. There, there is going to be another round. So, yeah, we were. This is, I guess, my, my second time on Dubai Eye this week. So, uh, business breakfast on Monday, we announced uh, the start of round two. Um, so, we're now asking people to do exactly the same as we asked them to do last year. Um, register on spinners.com website. There's a link straight to the uh, the incubator uh, uh, pages. Um, send us in your pitch. Um, a, a, a simple document to tell us about you, tell us about the, the, the product, um, and that is open for entries until the end of June. And then we will sit with the panel and look at our uh, who we think is amazing, build our shortlist, and then, yeah, it's back into that shark tank again later on in the summer. How exciting. Now, here's my question. Is it enough to have an idea or does it need to be a fully-fledged business, Tom? No, it can be just an idea. Some of the um, some of the really great uh, concepts we were talking about, Jason with uh, with Louis NYC Pizza Co. Um, that was purely an idea. People don't even need to have the business set up. Um, we've actually got people as part of our team who will help and give guidance on the best way to um, create the business. Whether it needs to be something that's onshore or in a free zone, and how to do that. We will support all of those questions um, for for people that know nothing about what to do. If we think the idea is brilliant, we're here to help. And as we said, last year launched 14 new brands. There's a further six currently in the development phase and commercially been very successful as well. Do we have any numbers about what's kind of been brought in by some of these new brands? 
Yeah, so we will. Um, we we we've done about three million to date, um, oh. which uh, doesn't sound like the biggest numbers, but um, you know, it's 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 things starting small, and it is it is that sort of step into a a very competitive marketplace. Um, so we do expect that to continue to grow. Um, and we're starting to see some of the brands um, even more exciting in many ways are actually starting to grow beyond um, the shelves of spinach. So um, my competitors have been phoning some of the incubator brands up and How saying, rude. we think your product is amazing. We want to sell it as well. So, you know, that's that's what's most exciting for us, actually, is, is giving people that, that, that chance, that safe space to, uh, to, to, to first learn um, about the, the basics of business and food retail um, and and then expand out and grow. Now, I wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm on the website now, ready to put my details in for, I'm not quite sure yet, I'm going to come up with a business idea over the weekend. But I know nothing about business. I didn't even do, you know, business studies at school. What is, is that enough just to have a good idea? Or what I'm really trying to say is, if you're feeling a bit self-conscious and underconfident, um, what kind of support is there going to be to really help you, help you and hold your hand through the process? So we we start off. One of the first stages is actually to uh, to work with Sharon, who runs our technical team. So she she once we've decided that we think the idea is brilliant and we've said we're going to take the uh, take, take the business on, um, we will we will work to make sure that all of those really important essential criteria, such as the fact that the food is safe, that um, that mm-hmm. it's it's compliant with all the rules and the, the regulations of the UAE, that they are that, that they're there. Um, and then myself and Warwick, who looks after marketing, to start to sort of come into play a little bit more about helping look at well where do we think the product should be positioned what's the what's the costing going to be um my finance colleagues will help in terms of making sure that actually you know we'll, we'll talk to you about the, the, the business model make sure that it's sustainable that the that the, the, the profit margins that are being expected are are something that's going to be viable for the company so we take uh, help at every single aspect you know we'll talk about the packaging and the best way to do it not in only in terms of making it look beautiful but also thinking a little bit more broadly about about um, the sustainability aspects of packaging and making sure, if we can, that we're using recycled um, art, uh, items into the uh, into the into the packaging materials. So, every single step of the process, if anybody needs some help, we're here to support them through it. Tom, I, I don't want to ask you what your favourite was from the last round, but I'm also really curious if you do feel like there have been, and I know because you're in commercial, it might be the ones that are making the most money for you. But, you know, how, for you personally, you know, as a man living in Dubai, as a dad, someone who's just like going around, just living life, which ones do you feel like have really resonated um, with customers and perhaps a top of the class so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's you're being you're being really mean, Helen. I can't possibly pick a favourite or even I'd, look. We we chose we chose them all because they're all brilliant, um, or we we think they're all brilliant. Some of them have had um, much greater success with uh, with with customers than others. Um, some of them are really really disruptive and you know bringing completely new concepts like the the fresh baby food and infant food from little tots and sprouts. Um, I mean, I, I obviously often hear you talking about how much you love the delicious cookie dough um which is um which is my 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 four-year-old twins are constantly waiting for the weekend to arrive when we'll let them have a a little dip into that it's Um, amazing so so there's there's that but you know you can you can go beyond that the pizzas i think we've now got the the best pizza um available anywhere in dubai in a a supermarket i haven't tried it yet when we we spoke to jason it wasn't on the shelves yet 
that's the that's the newest one so it's been it's been on sale for about two weeks now um they they cook from frozen in about 10 minutes so it's even quicker to get a beautiful fresh pizza with the most amazing cold proof uh, dough um, it's even quicker than ordering it through an app on your phone it's fantastic um i also what i would love to say is i'm not i'm certainly not singling anyone out but um i do love the botanist as well i think the the products they're making for cleaning um is are just yeah. absolutely gorgeous they brought out some hand washes in the last couple of weeks and if you like if you're like me and you see this um this aesop soap in all of the restaurants and you kind of go well that'd be nice and you look at how much it is you go <coughs> no i'll just enjoy it when i go out for dinner this is like the local version of it and they're you know, essentially it's, it's gorgeous stuff it's yeah, really gorgeous it's, it's it's amazing and and you know i think that's an, the, the, the botanist is another really lovely example of actually how um even after we'd um, put Ruby and the team onto the, the incubator program, they've continued to evolve and develop. So, you know, not only um, can you have the most wonderful smelling kitchen and house because everything's being cleaned using these amazing, uh, 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 amazing natural uh, plant-based ingredients, but as you say, the, 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 the hand wash, the hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's no need to go out wearing perfume or cologne anymore, is there? Just, uh, just wash your hands in the botanist. <laughs> Honestly, Tom, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what comes up from the second round. Are there any areas that you're identifying that you think could be potential gaps or trends, patterns that you're seeing from applications so far or that you're anticipating? No, we're keeping a very open mind at this stage. We deliberately um, don't look at, at the at the early entries because uh, we we don't want to have our um, uh, have our, have our judgments um, clouded in in any way. So um, if we can see some more great ideas like we've seen before, then we're going to have another fantastic year bringing some amazing brands to to, to the shelves of Spinneys. So come one, come all. If you've got a great idea, head over to spinneys.com. There's a button there where you can get involved in the incubator program and let us know. We We'd love to be part of your claim to fame of having your idea to being in store. Tom Harvey, thank you so, so much. Wishing you a wonderful weekend ahead. Get involved. We'd love to hear your ideas, but most importantly, get involved on the website. Register, take action. Don't wait to feel ready. Just do it because you could be part of that programme next. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. The weekend is upon us and I'm in massive denial about it getting any hotter. However, if you're not aboard the denial train with me, you might want to go inside and have some fun with the family. Joining us now from Kids Mobile app, that's Kids with a Q, we've got co-founder Simona to run through some of her top picks and some foodie classes to try as well. Let's get those kids, you know, working for us and making us some food. Um, Simona, before we talk activities and indoor fun, we're asking everyone to get in touch this afternoon and it's been divisive about their favourite condiment. This is for, you can't win because you're a friend of the show, I can't win, devastated, a 500 dirham voucher to spend in spinnies on whatever you want. But to go into the draw, I need to know basically the condiment you couldn't live without, your desert island sauce, dip. What would it be for you? Gosh, that's a really tough part of a show. (laughs) Um, I would have to say I couldn't live without olive oil. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. You're much more highbrow than me in my Heinz ketchup. Um, but thank you. We're going to be picking a winner very, very soon. As I said, sadly, it won't be us. Um, so I've, I've got to be honest, and I don't drink it. I'm touching all the wood. Um, I went out last night, had book club, sat outside. Wasn't that bad. We're going to Fajera this weekend, uh, free diving, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm trying to eke out as much of the 
of the outdoor as possible. However, I'm not totally uh, in denial. So let's talk about some of the top indoor things that are on the app, some good deals you've got going on. There's been, there were some brilliant ones over Ramadan. You know, Green Planet was fantastic. They were offering free kids. Laguna, I know, had some great deals as well. Um, so let's talk about your favorite deals and then we'll see if there's anything new around town that we haven't tried yet. Brilliant. Well, yeah, it is getting hotter, but it's still manageable. As long as it's dry heat, I think I can manage quite well. But let me give you a couple of cool indoor activities to do with the kids. And it was museum week this week. Um, so I've got a couple of cool ones that I like. So there's the Theatre of Digital Art at uh, Souk Madinat. And I have found that a brilliant immersive experience for young kids who are maybe not so fond of staring at paintings because it's, I don't know if you've been, but it's got music that plays and it's 3D and it just, it rolls around on the uh, walls in front of you. And it really is quite a all-encompassing experience it's that's really cool it's so beautiful my kids um well they went from being quite entranced and loving the music to then just wanting to run around and touch things so apologies if you were there for the afternoon that the farmer family was there um but i don't think anyone goes there expecting it to be you know a library environment it's quite it's quite loud music it as you say it's really immersive they've got a vr room at the back as well which is a bit like it's a bit like ollie ollie where people can draw their own art and have it scanned in and it becomes um a kind of bit more interactive as well it's gorgeous it's a lovely lovely thing to do before or after dinner and as you say kind of in the middle of the day get out of the sun and go into the the cool alleyways of the madnat and head to the theater are there any good deals on the site for that yeah so so we've got good prices for that i mean you've got different prices depending on where you sit in the in the venue but um it's 42 um dirhams for kids and 71 for adults if you're not sitting in the balcony so i think that's good and about the kids running around actually i find the kids really enjoy the shadows that they make on the walls mm-hmm. and i don't really think it bothers anyone so i find it a really lovely um lovely thing to do with the family and a good way to introduce kids to art um, speaking, um, speaking of museums yeah, and somewhat art have you been to the 3D World Selfie Museum yet? I have. It's brilliant as well. So We've got a good deal on kids on that. Have you? It was so much fun. And um, we've seen them internationally. I went to a really good one in Edinburgh, and it's basically these interactive photo opportunities where you're part of the art. It's lots of what's the word I'm looking for? I guess kind of trickery of the eye, like illusions a lot of the time. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think it's really, really good one. I think, again, it's a great way to spend an hour or two. We went on a Saturday afternoon and it was brilliant. We took probably about 100 pictures, which I don't know what you do with 100 <laughs> pictures, but they were really fun to take at the time. So we have a good deal. Um, kids, uh, children cost 45 dirhams and adults um, 65 dirhams. So it's relatively affordable as an activity to do with the family. And that leads me well into um, the next one, which is Museum of Illusions. OK, full full confession. And, and I don't want yeah. to annoy anybody. But I went when it opened and it was brilliant. I went more recently and it wasn't so brilliant. Um, and I don't know if that was because I am feeling a bit more anxious about people being um, around me mm-hmm. in a small space. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not as big as... It wasn't as big as I remembered. And some of them are brilliant. I love walking through the tunnel and upside down room. But for my money, speaking truthfully, 
for my money, I would rather go to the 3D museum um, because there's a lot more space for running around. And my kids just seem to get more out of it. Maybe it's to do with the age group. Maybe if you've got older kids who are kind of more interested in how the eye trickery works for the Museum of Illusions, um, then it might be more suitable. But for me, I just felt like uh, it depends how good your deal is. How good is your deal on it? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think there's a mix of things in there, what you've just said. I think, I mean, the 3D museum is much bigger space. I mean, I think just off the bat, it's a much bigger place. Um, I think the Museum of Illusions is brilliant for, you know, to go and experience different things. And really, as you said, trickery of the eye again. We have a really good family um, pass, which is two adults and two kids for 180 dirhams. Um, so, you know, assuming that you're more than uh, three, that, that's a good price, mm-hmm. uh, price point that works out at what, this, no, 45 dirhams a piece, if my math is correct. I bit embarrassing I can't figure that out <laughs> don't um, worry we don't get you on for your fast maths it's absolutely fine. but it is 45 dirhams a piece I've just done it while we've been talking so um yeah it's 45 dirhams a piece so I think I like Museum of Illusions and I think it's nice to walk around um that area down there although mm-hmm. it is getting a bit hot but to go in the evening uh, would be lovely you know to, to get some dinner head over there um the the Elsief area is just absolutely brilliant and it's got underground parking you're not having to walk for for ages to get from your car park to the museum or any of the restaurants it's straight up in the lift or the escalator and you're in you know what feels like a completely different part of the city which i think is fantastic so yeah i always love it by the creek that's a that's a cool area and then um, some other types of things. Um, we've got, obviously, you've got Bricobolandia, which I know is one of the ones that you like. Uh, is... <laughs> Only because I've, I've recently been called an AFOL or an AFOL, which is an adult fan of Lego. Um, <laughs> and full confession, full confession, embarrassing confession. This morning, kids had gone to school. I had about 20 minutes to kill before I had went along to the doctor's appointment. And I sat on the floor of the kids' playroom and I set up a little Lego scene for them to play with when they came back. I just really oh, enjoy it. so funny. <laughs> I find it soothing, well, all right? <laughs> yeah, well, that, and that's totally fine. I mean, that's a brilliant way to, to calm and to meditate and do whatever it is. I, I love it. I could have caught up on emails. I could have done some exercise. <laughs> I could have called my mum. No, I, I made a small horse park area for my kids out of Lego. Some time for you. That's really important. Thank you for validating that. (laughs) It's a a really cool place. Um, It's a really, really lovely place in the Kilmore and um, it's a great place to leave the kids for an hour or so. Well, we've got two for one deal for 100 dirhams. So I always think Nakilmore is a great um, place to be in the first place. And then second of all, you know, if your kids could be entertained, even better. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. The weekend is upon us and we're giving you some ideas for getting out of the heat and get your notepads ready, get your phones in your hand. Simona from Kids Mobile app is with us as we venture outdoors from adventures to water parks. Obviously, Laguna. Laguna is a very big favourite this time of year. Everyone loves going to Laguna and we have a really good deal on that one. I think it's 99 dirhams and you get a combo meal and that's for adults and kids. Um, another great deal that's on at the moment is um, at Aventura. I know that's another one that you've been to. I know it's getting really hot, but they have like what they call summer nights. Mm. And um, it's 99 dirhams um, for the um, for the regular um, entries, which gives you access to many of the zip lines, etc. Which is a really nice price point as well, I think. Um, and then let's see, we've got what about um, Splash Island in Alcors? Have you Haven't been, to been that? yet? Haven't been to Splash yeah. Island. So is it like an indoor splash and party? It's an indoor, that kind of, sure. Exactly. 
Exactly. It's an indoor splash and party area. Um, you do need to do advanced booking as far as I can tell. So um, I think that they're really managing the numbers and making sure that it's really um, safe. Um, but that's a, that's a nice place to do when you kind of want to, you know, you want to be in water, but you're still worried about the heat. That one's um, covered. So that'd be a good one to try as well. I love the sound of that. So um, I'm, I'm just, I just opened the app now. So for a, it's a, the day pass, but they say that it's for two hours. So you block your time. And as you say, you need, you need to book in advance, which I 100% agree with for making sure numbers are, are limited. Um, you've got a deal. So instead of 95 dirhams, it's 57 dirhams and lots yeah. of slides, lots of splashing around. It reminds me of like kind of the place that I would go to when I was a kid, like kind of places that I would I learned to swim in. Um, and that looks absolutely brilliant. That'd be a great one for kids parties because I feel like that's such a, a tricky one for kids during the summer. You know, like, what do, yeah. we, what do we do when our, our kids are born in July, August, and it's hot and we can't do that? You know, go to the park or have a picnic on the beach or, you know, whatever. So that's, that could be a really good one. So for any, any parents needing a bit of party location, that could, be, uh, that could be the inspiration that you need. Now, it is Farmer's Kitchen, so I do want to talk food because it's been at least 10 minutes since my tummy rumbled. <laughs> um, what about cookery classes for kids? How can we get them earning their keep and maybe bringing home some cookies to keep mum happy? Well, on that one, um, there's, there's a couple of things. Um, we've got pizza making classes. Yes. Um, I think I, I think when you look at you think about cooking classes for kids, you do tend to go for something that you know that they'll enjoy and it's relatively simple. So you've got uh, pizza making classes at Sapori at Nakia Mall and also in the Zero Six Shopping Mall in Sharjah. Um, again, you have to book ahead of time. Um, again, numbers and to make sure that uh, staff are on hand to do it. But um, you can learn how to make a pizza and then I think you can eat it afterwards. And I think that's 44 dirhams on the app. Brilliant. Love the sound of that. That's great. What about anything sweet? Any? Uh, can you help me out well, with we... some cookie decorating or anything, Simona? Um, I've got uh, I've got cookie making class or cookie making dough. Or I've got, I've got a couple of uh, ones where at Spoliphoria you can get a cookie and cupcake kit but i think that that's more intended for at home i had to i have to check in on that one but you get the whole kit needed to make the cookies um and you and and you learn how to make the cookies at home i must say i'm a personal sticker for making cookies myself i've got a recipe that's got like six ingredients and you literally just one cup of one cup of one cup of everything and they turn out brilliantly so i usually make them myself oh well honestly thank you so much as as you say there's lots of new things around which we you know you kind of don't think it will be happening right now, but but it very much is, and some great deals. Um, and it's it's really good to hear some of the reassurances around advanced booking and limited capacity and deep sanitization as well. So yeah. let's you know, no matter what people are doing this summer, I think an awful lot of people will be staying here in the UAE. We're lucky enough to live in a part of the world where, you know, to be a tourist in your own city is actually pretty brilliant. We're very very lucky to have some great things, and I know. For anyone who's on a budget, you've got a whole section on the app around free fun as well. So thank you for all the hard work that you and the team do bringing these deals uh, to us and so easily. And the best way to do it is to download the kids' mobile app. That's QIDZ for any of the deals that we've been talking about this afternoon. What are you doing this weekend, Simona? Oh, this weekend I've got lots of social events just running my daughter from here to there she's into athletics so she's doing some athletics runs etc so i'll be a i'll be a good uh, taxi driver oh great fun well how did this happen <laughs> how are our weekends dominated by our kids honestly when i was growing up we would go to the supermarket we might go and get a scone for a treat and then we'd yeah. go for a walk in the woods none of, like none of this they don't know they don't know how lucky they've got it we're just, they don't know i agree with that we're just lucky that you know i like 
playing Lego and going on water slides as well. <laughs> Just another giant <laughs> child. Simona, thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend ahead and we'll talk to you very soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai Eye 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.